Hello, welcome to Christeries. My name is Chris Stefano, and today we're going to be talking about my good friend, Martin Luther King. Yeah, happy MLK Day. Not MK Ultra Day, MLK Day. Love you, Martin Luther King. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. What do you know about him? Well, he lived from 1929 to 1968. He helped shape and change civil rights legislation in the USA. He is the most famous civil rights activist. Um, I mean, this guy, Martin Luther King, is like Sean King if he was black. He was born in Hotlanta, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, good city, on January 15th, 1929. His father was a minister. He was a middle child, so he had that little middle child syndrome, which is like, you know, I'm going to prove to everybody that I'm the greatest, which he did. And he was named after the Protestant reformer, Martin Luther. A lot of people always bring that up, like, oh, it's Martin Luther, Martin Luther King. They get him confused. He was named after Martin Luther, the Protestant reformer, because Martin Luther was all about reforming. He was his own civil rights activist in his time. But Martin Luther King Jr. was better. Who's Martin Luther King Sr.? Does anybody know? Yeah. You do? Oh. Oh, that's right. He was a minister. All right. Let's go over Martin Luther King's education. This guy was like smarter than God. First of all, at 15 years old, he got into Morehouse College, which is one of the best uh, HBCUs in the country, still is to this day. 15 years old, gets in. He's like, a, he's like Doogie Howser in blackface. He was part of the fraternity. He, it was, so he's 15 years old. He gets into Morehouse College. He studies law and medicine. Okay, at 15 years old, this guy's already studying law and medicine. And then something monumental happens. Martin Luther King Jr., everybody who goes on to become some somebody monumental, somebody who changes the world like Martin Luther King did, meets by chance, meets someone, and then they set them off on their course of greatness. Well, Martin Luther King Jr.'s person was Benjamin Elijah Mays, no relation to Willie. So Benjamin Elijah Mays, hashtag Bem, was the minister and president of Morehouse College, and he's the one that saw in Martin Luther King Jr., he saw his spirit. He saw that he could be a beacon of change. And he was the one that said, you need to fight for racial equality. Martin Luther King Jr.'s father, Martin Luther King Sr., wasn't the one who influenced him in, influenced him in his fight for racial equality. It was actually Benjamin Elijah Hayes. So shout out, Bem. I love you, Bem. Thank you. So he graduated with a bachelor's degree in divinity, theology, and sociology. So divinity, I mean, you, dude, you got a degree in divinity. That's wild. He graduated from Boston University with a PhD in systematic theology, and that's how he got the doctorate added to his name. So he got a degree in divinity, a degree in systematic theology and sociology. Martin Luther King, you are proving God is not a woman. Ariana Grande, you're wrong. God is a black man from Atlanta. His name's Dr. Martin Luther King. He was ordained to be a Baptist minister at 19, okay? 19 years old, barely legal, and he's already a minister. So MLK Ultra moved to Montgomery, Alabama, state capital, to preach at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. Now, usually I don't like people named Dexter, but Dexter <laughs> Avenue Baptist Church, that sounds good. He had four children. Their names were Martin, Dexter, Bernice, and Yolanda. Yolanda King. 
When Martin Luther King Jr. and his family moved to Alabama, tensions are high. I mean, we're in the South, the Deep South. You know, they kind of don't like it. The Ku Klux Klan is around. There's a lot of there's a lot of drama, and nobody's saving it for their mama because it's out there in the open. It's believe it or not, the drama in Montgomery, Alabama, at the time Martin Luther King is living there in the in the 40s and 50s, is a lot worse than the drama of today. Okay, it's a lot worse. There's real like actual people are getting killed in the streets. It's a big problem. Not a, I'm not talking about people getting killed in Fortnite. I'm talking about getting killed in real life. So what's going on in America? Things were not equal. They were segregated. The Ku Klux Klan, which I'm not a part of. Um, schools, restaurants, all that. You, could, you have to be equal. Blacks and whites were not allowed to sit together. Jim Crow laws were in effect, baby. Okay? Now, of course, we don't know anything about that. Now everything's desegregated. Now you can sit you know, you can sit wherever you want, sit on whoever you want. It, it doesn't matter, okay? If you're, if you're a six-year-old, you can shoot your teacher. Everything's fine. <laughs> so what are the Jim Crow laws? The Jim Crow laws were basically a collection of state and local statutes that basically legalized segregation. That's what they were. Um, they were named after a black minstrel character uh, named Jim Crow. And the laws which were in existence for like a hundred years um, from the post Civil War Civil War era, they were you know as 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 it, they were enforcing them left and right in, in the South uh, during Martin Luther King's time. Like they were everywhere, and it had to be horrible because those who attempted to defy Jim Crow laws, you got arrested, jailed, sentences, violence, deaths, hangings, horrible stuff. And the KKK, these dickheads. I, you know what, KKK, you could suck my dirty ass warts, okay? You're real pieces of shit. Because, you know, now I can't even put a sheet over my head if I want to make believe I'm a ghost in the house. Because everyone will think I'm in the KKK because of you and all your dumb stuff that you used to do. I hope you all, I hope in, in the words of Ace Ventura and Dan Marino, I hope you die of gonorrhea. So the Jim Crow laws too, what they really were designed to do, the purpose of them was to marginalize the African-American community, deny them the right to vote, to get a job, to get an education, to just keep them out of white society. That's basically what it was. You can run around and try to say, no, it wasn't. It is. That's all it was. It was designed to keep black people down. Okay. And it didn't work. Okay. It did not work. So the KKK, they were formed in Pulaski, Tennessee in 1865. You know, obviously everybody knows the KKK, just uh, 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 really, you know, racist people running around trying to kill black people and keep black people out of society. And really what they were, they were Confederate soldiers. The KKK was Confederate soldiers who, you know, lost the war, were still angry, still want to enforce the glory days of the South. So they continued... The KKK and like any like wild, wild west bandits, like, you know, the outlaws, like, you know, Billy the Kid and all that, they were all former Confederate soldiers. That's that's what this was. The con yes, yes, the Confederacy lost, but the, the, the idea of it kept going through things like this, through the KKK. And a big thing that happened was on August 28th, 1955, a 14-year-old boy by the name of Emmett Till in Mississippi was killed for allegedly flirting with... Uh, these white girls, which has all been debunked. Uh, none of this happened the way these people said it happened. They killed this boy, threw his body in the river, and then his mother, Emmett Till's mother, as kind of like a protest, made them have an open casket to show what her son's face, how badly he was beaten, how much he had decayed, to kind of show this is what racism looks like. So now we have Rosa Parks entering the chat. Hey, Rosa. 
The Montgomery bus boycott, December 5th, 1955 to December 20th, 1956. This is where Rosa Parks get famous. We all know that buses were segregated in the South, right? It was a big thing. Black people had to sit in the back of the bus. You know, the outcast song. Oh, hell, everybody move to the back of the bus. That. And the whites were in the front. The blacks were in the back, which, you know, you know what? Let, fine, whites sit in the front, because guess what? In a car accident, people in the front dive first, so fuck you. So here's what happens with Rosa Parks. She's sitting towards the back of the designated white person section, where the black person section begins and the white person section ends. She's sitting right there. And then a white person came on and said for her to get up because he was tired. And she was like, well, I'm just as tired as you. I'm a human being. I worked all day too. I'm going to stay in my seat. And this whole problem happened. And that's how Rosa Parks became famous. Here's what you may not know. The whole thing was staged, just like the moon landing. Here's what Chrissy Conspiracy Theorist thinks. Here's what we do here at the Chris Reed Stefano Show. This is Chris Reed. Don't forget that. There was a lot of protesting going on, okay, back then. And basically, this, this event, this, this, you know, all the, the, we needed an idea. We needed something to rally behind. So we said, let's get Rosa Parks in there. Let's stage an event. Let's cause some controversy. And that'll give a lot of media publicity to our cause here. Because, you know, Parks was not the first black bus rider in Montgomery to refuse to give up her seat. So she wasn't the first one, but they wanted to stage this whole thing. And a lot of people think Martin Luther King was the brains behind it all. And maybe he was. You'll not say. Because Martin Luther King, he was asked to lead the Montgomery Improvement Association. So he gets asked to lead this thing. And then the Rosa Parks controversy happened. So it's all conspiracy. But I love it. This is a good conspiracy. This is a good conspiracy. One that was a beacon for change. Not a bad conspiracy like 9-11. Martin Luther King Jr. moves to the South right at the same time when Brown versus Board of Education had just been passed. What's Brown versus Board of Education? Well, I'm going to tell you. What can Brown versus Board of Education do for you? So in 1896, the Supreme Court passed this ruling called Plessy versus Ferguson that basically racially segregated public facilities uh, as being legal, so long as the facilities for black people and whites were equal, of which, of course, they weren't. So things weren't separate but equal, and that's why Brown versus Board of Education says bye-bye, Plessy versus Ferguson. You are unconstitutional, and it was not an easy integration. Shout out Little Rock. Who's from Little Rock? The Clintons. So during this time in American history, churches were a big part of the community, and they were actually a safe space, not like today, where ministers had a big, big influence on you, on the people, on the community, and they became an actual safe space for civil rights activism. You wanted to be, because it was dangerous business being a civil rights activist. People were getting murdered. You would get fired from your job. You would get thrown out of your community. But in church, it was the safe space, which led to the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, aka the SCLC. Sounds like an airport. On January 10th and 11th, 1957, 60 black ministers and civil rights leaders conveyed and replicated the Montgomery bus boycott. They replicated the whole thing led by Martin Luther King Jr. So Martin Luther King, what happened was is in the churches is it was a place that activism was okay and activism was encouraged. It made sense that the black churches would be these places to just kind of say, you know what, we're going to get together and we're going to storm activism. MLK and his people were the original Oath Keepers. Who was one of MLK's main influences? Gandhi. Shout out Gandhi. 
Gandhi's main thing was he taught people how to protest in a non-violent manner. And that's what MLK drew a lot of um, inspiration from Gandhi. I'm happy that MLK drew inspiration from Gandhi on peaceful protests and not the fact that Gandhi liked 12-year-old little girls and he would sleep in bed with them. I'm happy that that didn't happen. That's a video for another day. Stay here at the Chris Reed Stefano channel and we will definitely do an episode on Gandhi and tell you the truth about Gandhi. Now, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. became the first Presidente of SCLC. He worked with people to make sure that nonviolence was the cornerstone strategy. That's the thing about Martin Luther King, what I think made him one of the greatest leaders in American history, is he was all about nonviolent, peaceful protests. And he wasn't saying, he was never really saying, you know, F white people. He was saying, I know the atrocities that we've went through with slavery and Jim Crow laws and all these things that white people have done, but I'm not saying hate them. I'm saying let's be together. Let's, I have a dream was about us really being harmonious and being, having unity. That's what it was about. It wasn't like, it wasn't that thing where it's like, oh, the oppressed becomes the oppressor. Martin Luther King was not like that. He was like, let's all be equal. Let's start over and be equal. So even though the Civil Rights Act of 1957 was passed, it's not all good, right? I mean, Dr. Martin Luther King is basically saying, you know, why are our black brothers and sisters going to fight in a war when we have all these problems at home? You know, you're, you're, you're worried about this and that and all these, uh, you know, Korea. No, no, no. Fix the problems here. Dr. Martin Luther King was the activist that really was fighting for change. You know, he was like, basically, he was the Greta Thunberg of the 50s. All right, so April 12th, 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King has the Good Friday demonstration, which tries to desegregate Birmingham businesses, parks, all places of employment. He's trying to do a good deed and desegregate everything. And then MLK actually gets arrested with 50 other people. So they arrested 50 people, one person for every state. Made that up. Not that they were arrested, but there was one person for every state. Huh? So while MLK Ultra was in a jail in Birmingham, Eight white clergymen tried to convince Dr. Martin Luther King to say, hey, fight this in the courts. Why don't you do this in the courts? That's the best way. It was called a call for unity. And he was basically asking black locals to refrain from letting outsiders uh, who were unwise and un had untimely behavior that might incite violence. He was saying, don't use them. Just stick to the local courts. And King actually published his response. So this is a little excerpt from, it's called the letter from Birmingham jail. And there's a phrase in here that we've heard a lot over these past uh, few years with, you know, all our fight for change and unity and all that. We've, it came from, from here. Um, I'm going to read it to you. Dr. Martin Luther King said, I cannot sit idly by in Atlanta and not be concerned about what happens in Birmingham. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. That's where it's from. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. So, you know, we've seen injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. That's going to be my next tattoo. So this letter to Birmingham, this letter from Birmingham, which, you know, really started to make him famous, nationally famous and put his name on the map, um, you know, it skyrocketed him. He, you know, and, and he wrote it in jail. He wrote... Some of his best work was done in jail, like Little Wayne. So he gets out of jail, and then this brings us to what has made him a star, the most famous thing about Martin Luther King Jr., the I Have a Dream speech. This was August 28th, 1963, Washington, D.C. It's 
the words, you've heard them a million times where he says, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Dr. Martin Luther King had so many literal phrases that I want to get tattooed on my body. Martin Luther King was just, I mean, dude, if you don't have a tattoo of Martin Luther King Jr.'s quotes on your body, do you even have tattoos? Are you even, is it even real? MLK had so many bangers. So sometimes people would say Dr. King was for a colorblind America where he didn't want people to see race. And that wasn't what he said. His daughter, Bernice King, said nothing could be further from the truth. What my father wanted was he wanted you to say, hey, you see my race, you acknowledge my race, and you accept everything I bring along with that. So that's what Dr. Martin Luther King was going for. Um, and I think in some ways, you know, wasn't, you know, we're still not there yet, but I think he'd be happy with the progress um, that I'm making sexually. So in August of 1963, right after the I Have a Dream speech, MLK Ultra meets JFK. And then JFK is like, hey, I, I you know, the civil rights thing, I'm going to help you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But then he never does uh, because he's the president. So it's like some people are like, F you, JFK. But other people are like, listen, he was the president. He had other things to worry about as well, like the Cuban Missile Crisis. He was like, listen, MLK, I, I can't, I don't, I can't help you with this civil rights thing right now because we could get nuked by the Russians. And then it doesn't matter what race anybody is because we get nuked and we're all Japanese. Listen, all these peaceful protests are working. There is progress being made. You got the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Peaceful protests are working. And Martin Luther King is committed to this peaceful protest, even though a woman tried to stab him. A woman literally tried to stab him, and he just kept being peaceful. I've been there, Dr. Martin Luther King. You got to just keep going when you get stabbed by a woman. And also, quickly, speaking of being stabbed by a woman, Martin Luther King was a little bit of a fuckboy. Um, he had a lot of uh, women that he would hook up with. And hey, what can you do? I get it. You're an icon. It happens. But you're going to get stabbed. You're Eventually, one of them is going to try to stab you. My only question is, for Martin Luther King, for the detectives there, was that woman who tried to stab Martin Luther King, did she have a tattoo in her tit? Dr. Martin Luther King almost got stabbed by a side piece. It happens, but that was not going to derail him for his fight for civil rights, for his fight for equality. That's what we love about you. See, here's the thing with side pieces is they're fun, but they always catch up to you. So what happened was with Dr. Martin Luther King is all his side pieces eventually caught up to him because they caught the attention of the director of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, closeted gay J. Edgar Hoover. So J. Edgar Hoover was the head of the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, from 1924 to 1972. That's a long time. And he feared, like everybody feared, that communism was taking over. So everyone's like going on and on and on about being woke today. Well, back then it was all about communism. Everybody was fearful that everybody was a communist. So Hoover believed that communists used racial discontent to further their cause and further divide people, and they were behind the civil rights movement of the 1960s. Just like today, there's a lot of people that say Russia was behind Black Lives Matter. It's the same type of thing happening. That's what you learn about history when you get into it more, is that nothing ever really changes. It's just different players wearing different clothes with different types of medicines, but it's all the same thing. So J. Edgar Hoover would actually listen to MLK's conversations. He would listen in and he overheard him saying that he didn't like Hoover and claimed he was too old and talked too much, which to be honest was probably true. Everybody who's old talks too much. It's like, hello, you're senile. Oh, I've fallen and I can't get up. Stay down. 
So MLK was sent an anonymous letter, but it was definitely from the FBI, basically threatening him, saying he should kill himself. There were recordings of, of MLK having sex with other women, and they wanted him to step down from the public eye, and it was this whole big thing. And actually, his wife, Coretta Scott King, is the one who, her, who, who got the package from the FBI with all the recordings of her husband having sex with other people. So they were playing dirty games because J. Edgar Hoover was certain that MLK was a communist, I guess. So it was messed up how this FBI, and that's why the conspiracy goes, did the FBI kill Martin Luther King or was it a crazy racist? Nobody really knows. It's, 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 it's a conspiracy weirdy. You never know. I, I don't even know. I have no idea. So in 1967, Martin Luther King says, America is the greatest purveyor of violence in the world. Why? Because we're in the Vietnam War, which of course he does not support, because why are his, why are black people going and fighting and dying for a country that they're not getting respect in in the first place? And then they have to go to a foreign land and fight these people, which nobody even knows why the hell we even really went to Vietnam. I mean, you can watch the Ken Burns documentary. I watched it twice. I still have no idea why the hell they went to Vietnam. So everybody that knew Martin Luther King said that he was a funny guy and he loved to crack jokes in his downtime. Look at that. Could you imagine Martin Luther? I'm happy actually that Martin Luther King lived when he lived because today it would he would have a podcast. He'd be on TikTok. I'm happy that he just was able to crack his jokes in private and not upset anybody, not offend anybody. He just was able to do his material and fight for civil rights, have sex with some of his side pieces, and just be a cutie with a booty walking all around the United States, really helping to heal us. Now, the sad news. On April 4th, 1968, outside the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated by James Earl Ray. James Earl Ray, known racist, killed him. Horrible news. Um, and then... Like anything else that ha I feel like this always happens. If somebody's doing really, really good and people hate it and there's a web of lies and conspiracies and this and that, why they hate them, and then these people always wind up dead. And I think probably MLK probably knew that he could easily be killed for his beliefs, but he did it anyway. That's why he's a real hero, even a bigger hero than first responders. So in closing, Martin Luther King he was awesome. I mean, he was the youngest person ever to win the Nobel Peace Prize. There's over 730 streets in the United States named after Martin Luther King Jr. Um, he encouraged his children to be better people. All he wanted was equality. And I would like to think that he's looking down at our world happy today. And I, and I would like to think that he likes my podcast and that he thinks that this podcast is doing the same as he did to try to bring racial equality to the world. Let me know. Like and subscribe. Chris D Comedy. Every week we're coming at you with a Chris Dries video. Um, we appreciate the support. We appreciate the love. It's all just beginning. Hey, remember, yesterday was history. I wish that... Um, Martin Luther King was still alive because I would create a fan group and we would be called the Martin Luther Queens. <laughs>